The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. As soon as Jesus and his disciples left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told Jesus about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sunset, they brought to Jesus all who were sick or possessed with demons. And the whole city was gathered around the door, and he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak, because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, Jesus got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And Jesus went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. The Gospel of the Lord. Sometimes when we hear about these miraculous healings, there can be a twofold response to them. First, it's the response of wonder and awe that God is still working and that His power is still here and present in our lives. But sometimes I think in the back of people's minds, there can be a second reaction, wondering, well, if God can heal that person, why can't He heal me? Benedetta Poro was a young girl in, who was born in Italy, and she probably thought the same thing as well, too. Benedetta was born in Italy in 1936, and when she was born, she, had, she contracted polio, and therefore she had uh, this limp as she was growing up and had to wear a brace. Even then, she still had hope and still loved life. But even at the age of 13, she began to lose her hearing. In fact, she would go on to lose all five of her senses. The only feeling that she would have left was in the left palm of her hand, where people would signal letters to her to communicate with her. She desired healing. In fact, she went to Lourdes twice. And when she went to Lourdes, the paralyzed lady who was beside her received healing, and she did not. And so you can only wonder what was going through her mind, seeing the condition that she was in, but seeing that other people were receiving this healing. So she always considered and thought to herself, you know, she wanted to throw herself out of the window because of the loss of hope she was experiencing. And that's a question that many people wonder as well. If God can heal, why doesn't he heal me? In our gospel today, Jesus hears our cry. He hears the cry of our loved ones. And he reminds us that he does not abandon us, that he is the light of the world and he enters into our darkness. Jesus comes to dispel the darkness, not just of these demons as we heard last week in the gospel, but he comes to dispel the darkness of our suffering and of our despair. We see how Jesus is so sensitive to the suffering of others. 
Jesus goes to Simon Peter's mother-in-law and he takes her by the hand and he lifts her up. This personal care and touch for her and that's how he heals her. In fact, he spends all night trying to heal and cast out the demons from all these people. But what's really curious, what's really interesting is that the next day, Jesus leaves. And the reason why I think it's curious is because all these people were looking for him. The apostles say, Jesus, everyone has been looking for you. And the reason probably why is because there were many more people who needed to be healed. But Jesus says, I must go to the neighboring towns to proclaim the message. But at the end of the day, what happens is that some people are healed and others are not. So does Jesus really want to heal us or does he abandon us? St. John Paul II wrote a beautiful encyclical called Salvavici Dolores. It's called The Mystery of Human Suffering, a beautiful encyclical about suffering. And if you haven't read it, I really encourage you. Because in that encyclical, he says that Jesus indeed came to bring healing, to bring salvation. But he says this as well. He says that the opposite of salvation is not temporal suffering. See, the opposite of salvation is not the suffering we encounter on earth. St. John Paul II says that the opposite of salvation is definitive suffering. It is the loss of eternal life, eternal separation from God. And so when Jesus comes, he comes to heal the deepest wounds. Jesus doesn't want to deal with the surface wound. He wants to deal with the primary cause of the wound, the primary ailment, which is sin and death. I think about it in this way. Say you break your arm and you go to your doctor and... When you go, he gives, them pain, he gives you painkillers. And it's a good thing because then your pain is relieved. But imagine he says to you, all right, you're good to go now. And you're there with your broken arm and says, no, doctor, you, you, you've, given, you've relieved my pain, but there's so much more that needs to be healed. Because the pain is the secondary evil, but I want you to deal with the primary evil, which is the cause of the secondary evil, which is the broken arm. And so in the same way too, the suffering and sickness and pain that we experience in our lives is the secondary evil. But the primary evil, which is the cause of the secondary evil, is our broken soul. It is sin and death. And that's why Jesus came and he died on the cross. By his obedience and his resurrection from the dead, Jesus frees us from our sin and he destroys death. That is the great power and mystery of the Christian life. That's why baptism is so important. Because in baptism, we are united with Jesus and we have the hope of resurrection. As Christians, we believe that on the last day, Jesus will raise us up again from the dead. And what that means is that he will heal every physical, psychological, and spiritual wound that we carry. Because Jesus has destroyed death. You see, Jesus has not neglected the healing of the human race. In fact, he has healed all of us. But he wants to give us a healing that doesn't just last for another 10, 25, or even 50 years. Jesus wants to give us a healing that lasts for all eternity. And that is what he did on the cross. And that is what is available to each and every one of us 
through baptism. But maybe some of you are wondering, well, that's great that Jesus is going to heal us at the end of time, but what am I going to do now with my suffering? You see, in every experience of profound suffering, there's a sense and loss of control. And there's usually one way, before Jesus, there's only one way we could respond to that. We try to resist this loss of control, and then we turn to anger to try to fight it, but then we turn to despair because we cannot fight it, we cannot control it. But you see, when Jesus comes, he doesn't just raise us from the dead and give us this power. The power of the resurrection is present even now. What Jesus does is that he takes upon himself all the suffering, all the anger, all the vitriol, all the hate, all the sin of the world upon himself, this experience of loss of control. And what does he do? He turns it into an act of surrender. You see, the loss of control has two sides of the coin. The negative side of the coin is despair. But the positive side of the coin of the loss of control is surrender. Because it's the loss of control and entrusting yourself to the one who is in control. And that is where we find hope. This is the new freedom that Jesus gives to each and every one of us. Jesus takes this act of torture and brutal murder on the cross. And he transforms it into an act of surrender and therefore of love. Jesus links our suffering with his love. And because he is God, and his love is not just a human love, but a supernatural one, it has the power to even overcome death. This love is stronger than death, and it gives us hope. And so that's what we have, this power that we have as Christians, that even in the midst of our suffering, that through baptism, if we unite our suffering with Jesus and to his love, we experience hope and therefore we experience joy. Benedetta Poro, although had moments of loss of hope, did not lose complete hope. What's really interesting is that despite beginning to lose her sense of hearing, she actually joined medical school after high school. She would read the lips of her professors, and she got so good in her medical field that she was actually able to diagnose herself with Recklinghausen's disease. This was a disease that attacked her nervous system and caused tumors, which eventually led to the loss of all of her senses. In fact, doctors later on were able to confirm her diagnosis. Isn't that amazing that this girl who lost her senses was able to even diagnose herself? Because she didn't lose hope. But even after losing all five of her senses... She lived with profound hope and joy. When people would come to try to console her, she would console them. Because she understood the mystery of Christian suffering. This is what she said. She said in her letters that despite losing all my senses, things have become complicated for me. Nevertheless, in my Calvary, I do not lack hope. You see, she doesn't see herself as suffering by himself. She's suffering with Jesus on his Calvary, which is now her Calvary. And in that suffering, she discovered something more. She says, I found a wisdom greater than that of men. I've discovered that God exists, that he is love. 
And she discovered in her suffering, her profound suffering, that God is loved, that God loves her. And she unites her suffering with Him. And because of that, it gives her joy. She says, sometimes I find myself defeated under the weight of this heavy cross. Then I call up Jesus and lovingly cast myself at His feet. He kindly permits me to rest my head on His lap. Do you understand the ecstatic joy of those moments? She discovered joy because he, she united her suffering with Jesus and with his love. And now she's known as Blessed Benedetta Poro. She's recently canonized by Pope Francis. And if Blessed Benedetta Poro can find hope in the midst of her profound suffering, then anybody, any Christian, any human being can find hope in theirs as well. My brothers and sisters, we believe this that there is no suffering that is greater than the love of Jesus Christ. And the power of the resurrection is present to us today. This power of hope, if we take our suffering through baptism and unite it with Jesus and unite it to his love, because it is then that we will find joy and it will reach its fulfillment in the resurrection of the dead when God will heal every wound, every physical, psychological, and spiritual wound in our hearts. And on that day, we will know that God's love can conquer all things. Again, our brothers and sisters are gathering here today to prepare for their baptism or their reception into the church. So I encourage you, my brothers and sisters, to keep praying for them as they go and learn more about.